Welcome to Unbound, a health and wellness podcast. This is a show for the chain breakers of the holistic health community, the ones who know that their journey is pain to purpose to promise. I'm your host and integrative health practitioner, Krista Lynn. Through my holistic health practice, Soma Sounder, I'm here to help you choose into a healing journey and make your life your medicine holistically using a functional and somatic approach to health. In this space, you'll hear stories of healing, hope, and transformation from holistic health practitioners and doctors, coaches, and community members with incredible stories to tell. This show is not intended to diagnose, treat, or make any medical claims, but rather to give you a space to feel seen, inspired, and empowered with knowledge. Now let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. It's been a little bit since we recorded <laughs> one, um, but hey, it always like comes around exactly when we need it. Um, I am here today joined by our amazing health coach and client coordinator, facilitator, wing woman. You've heard from her before on a podcast. Um, Corrine Ward was a guest with us, I think over the, over the summer, sometime last year on fertility, fertility and pediatric um health so welcome back <laughs> you thank you very much yeah and um yeah we're excited we're going to be frequenting um collaborative episodes more so um yeah we're excited to uh, share conversations with with you guys and yeah it's our we've found over the past few months that our brains put together are <laughs> a lot <laughs> i feel better than my brain solo so <laughs> Mighty Blurp, it's like Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Ah, explosion. Yay. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do feel we feed off each other's energy and it's like, it's, and it does, it helps to um, kind of progress us up into the next level and just kind of keep getting higher and higher. And um, so it's a, it's a wonderful support. I'm, I'm glad we're doing this together. Absolutely. Me too. Um, if you are a client, you already know this. If you are a prospective client, um, Corrine is such an instrumental part of the work that we do with Soma Saunders. So if you end up working with us at some point, you will get to, you know, have her personal touches on your healing journey and experience her. So I am very, very grateful <laughs> for that. And um, speaking of gratitude and relationships and working together, that is the topic, uh, smooth segue, right? Um <laughs> The topic of our podcast today is um, relationships, new and old, and this comes up so much in healing journeys. And um, Karina and I used to work together at a wellness center, and we would always see and, and joke around amongst the team about when somebody does a detox, they often let go or like slough off these layers, whether it's a friendship or a partner or somebody going through um you know, basically an up-leveling of your relationships as you up-level your health because your body, mind, and spirit are interconnected. And so we wanted to talk to you guys about maybe how to navigate some of that. And if you are in a transitional space where you're needing to surround yourself with different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also with this being like the new year, 2024, it, it does seem like a huge shift, uh, you know, going from everybody being trapped and then everybody 
not knowing how to live after being trapped. And then now it's kind of like, okay, we're going to not really touch on that anymore. How do I go about my business? How do I go about these relationships? It seems as though we're in a whole new world. And a lot of people, including myself, shifted dramatically through the last few years. Yeah. And when we come out the other end, it's like some people have done the shifts and some people have not. And then it's just kind of leaves us of like, where, where do we go from here with yeah. some of these relationships? Yeah, 100%. And I I also think there's so many people getting stuck in the virtual world. Like it's been to our benefit, mm-hmm. right? Like 2020 put us all online for the most part. And I think we are <clears throat> losing touch with our ability to, or or even our need to relate to people in, in the flesh. <laughs> Like, well, I'm doing okay without, you know, being in the office or I'm doing okay, not going out and and seeing people in real life. But, you know, you're, you can survive on that for a little bit, but it's like, if a baby isn't touched, they die. And we're the same way. Like we need that human love and connection. And if you have gone through a very instrumental shift in your life, personally, the relationships that you've maybe fed off of in the past are not going to be serving you anymore as you re-enter um you know a new version of yourself so yeah I and it is about community too I do feel yeah. that uh, you know is 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 many people are like I'm isolated I'm good alone um there is something to be said about community even just like what you were saying about us two together two brains kind of help to ignite and spark up um livelier conversation or at least um ways to get around um sticking points and uh when you work with people or go into a community or allow yourself to open up for that experience Mm -hmm. the benefit is tenfold and um we may have to just yeah get off the technology and maybe go meet some people (laughs) maybe get out go socialize (laughs) Well, that kind of goes, hits on our first point is that, you know, relationships take work. They're not just going to happen. And, um, you know, everything in everything in your life that's worthwhile, whether it's your health or your, um, you know, relationships, your environment, your career, whatever it is, you're going to have to walk that forth and um, put some work into it. Yeah. Um, Corinne, what's like one of, when, when relationship work comes to mind, like what's the things that, that you think of, like, do you think of communication? Do you think of boundaries? What are some of the things that come to mind? Well, I, honestly, this is kind of funny because I, I think it's an interesting topic because it's a pet peeve of mine. People have come to me a million times. Ooh, marriage is hard work. It's really hard work. And not that, and, and, and I think it gets into my head because I, when, before I got married, I was like, oh my God, you're just going to be hard work. Yeah. I've been married for, I mean, I've been, I've known my husband for about 20 years. We'll be mm. married like 17 years, 18 years, yeah. I mean, oh. a long time. And that hard work never came into play. Mm. Like it is assumed. I already assumed it would be work. And so when it comes to like a relationship or a marriage or anything, I mean, it's like, you can't have a, you can't have a house plant without putting some work into it. Like you've got to water it. It's got to have sun. It's got, so like that was implied when I, when I was going 
going to get married, I assumed I'd have to work on it. I can't just let it sit in the corner and wilt <laughs> away. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I believe like there is a, a, a compromise, there is commitment, you know, and there's communication. Like those things for me mm. are my top three. And that's like the three C's, but I, sense. I'm a big communicator and yeah. I um, also believe that when it comes to, I'm talking marriage here, but yeah. a lot of, um, they, what do they say? Men marry women, hoping they won't change. And women marry men, hoping they will. Right. Um, I, I really went in there going to understand that my husband will not change whatever he is today. I am marrying this for now and forever. Yeah. And yes, there will be changes, but I'm not going in there to change them. So right. whatever is the negative he has, that's what I go to, to think about, can I handle this negative? Because everybody's got the positive, everybody's got the good in them. Yeah. And we can always see that, but it's their negative, their dark side, their um, troubled issues. That's what I really peer into to see, is this, is this something I can handle from here until eternity? Yeah. And um, that's, that's the big question because yeah, there are some negatives, like, you know, some people have to deal with a, a person who's, who cheats on them. Well, that's a negative that I would not be able to, to, to handle. Right. Um, but mine, you know, not, not to get too into detail, my husband works a lot. Yeah. He is a hard worker and where that is a positive, but can be a negative as well. And so that those, those kind of things I had to see, see if I could deal with. Yeah. That's so, um, that's so good. It's, it's interesting that you brought that belief system forward because probably a lot of people have that belief system of this is going to be a lot of work and that holds them back from commitment or choosing into a more, you know, intimate relationship, whether it's a close friendship or a marriage. And then the, the other aspect of maybe, maybe you grew up believing that relationships were just supposed to be easy. And if they're not easy, then it's not the right one or, oh, this is the other person's fault. Or I don't know, there's just something wrong with this. It might not be the right thing. I'm going to walk away from it. Um, and you know, that can even play into our relationship with ourselves. Like both of those belief systems, whether, oh, you know, my relationship with myself, whether it's your health or your emotional state, uh, or the way that you feel about yourself, your self-confidence that either, oh, this is going to be a lot of work. I don't even want to get started or this should be easy. There's something wrong with me. You might have those belief systems coming into place and it's going to keep you stuck until you examine them. And, um, you know, that's where some of this inner child's work comes in, <laughs> but just yeah. like anything, like you're giving the example of the house plan, exactly. Like you need to, um, take personal responsibility for things and water the plant, whatever that relationship is, relationship with somebody else, with yourself, um, with God, higher power, like that's a relationship that needs to be tended to. And, you know, even as it relates to our clients, like your relationship with your body is a, it's a two-way street. If you're just expecting your body to show up for you over and over and over again, and then you're going, why aren't you healing? Why aren't you performing good enough for me? And you're not doing anything to love it back <laughs> or acknowledge it. Why would that body want to keep showing up for you? And, and it does, it does like it keeps showing up for you every day you wake up. Um, but that was definitely something for, 
for me that I had to examine on the healing journey was this belief system of abandonment and how my body's just abandoning me. And unfortunately that's huge in talk about autoimmune diseases, which are running rampant, but it's, oh, well, the body is attacking itself. It's creating antibodies and it's attacking itself, which I personally do not believe is true. There's a hidden toxin or infection underneath of that, that is in your tissue and your body's actually producing the antibodies to protect that tissue against the toxin or in an, in an attempt to. Um, and so that was a belief system I had to break in my relationship with myself. And that uncovered a lot of inner childhood wounds and beliefs and protectors, um, which we all experience at some point or another, and especially coming off of the holidays, I think is, is <laughs> good with that because the, and I'm doing a little Instagram series on this, right? <laughs> right now is like, you know, parts of you, your triggered self and your true self and how your triggered self is not, is not a reflection of who you are. Um, and it doesn't mean you haven't done emotional work, but those triggers just like symptoms physically, they're emotional symptoms that there's unhealed pain underneath. And honestly, when we're with, with when we're with our families, we're adults and we go back and we re-enter that family dynamic, we get to uncover some of those symptoms um, of, you know, why do I, why did I react like this? Or why did I feel like I was, you know, really aggravated or like I was responding like I was a teenager. <laughs> and, um, it's, it's all a mirror for us to take a look and see what are those deeper meanings to those reactions? Because just like your physical symptoms, your conventional doctor might brush off and say, well, your labs look normal. You're probably fine. They're all an indicator of something deeper going on underneath of the surface. Yeah. And if we don't heal those triggers and if we don't heal that inner child or those wounds um, from these traumas, even if they're micro traumas, they're traumas to you and your body. If you do not heal these, you are destined to repeat them. Yeah. And um, that for, for an example, a self-example I have is that, you know, I grew up, my mother was an addict. And um, she was a recovering addict, but that was a big trauma point for me. Yeah. Growing up, I was I was attracted consistently to addicts, and they never were addicts to begin with. It wasn't like I was going to bars and picking up, you know, yeah. alcoholics. No, I would come to meet these people, and they would either be clean and sober, and then become addicts. Or um, they had an addictive personality that never really shined through, but eventually did come out. Mm. And that was my pattern that there was something in their identity or something within their um, personality that I kept attracting or kept going towards in hopes to, if I could heal them, I could heal the relationship with my mother. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Right. You can't keep filling that void with other people and trying to, well, for me, I'm a fixer. I'm a healer. I'm a trier to do this, that, and the other. Yeah. Um, that, and that's not, that's not how you're going to move on from your own personal wounds. And like, again, we go back to, can we change someone? Not usually, not usually. Um, so trying to force someone, um, to fix themselves or me trying to fix them will not heal my wounds. Yeah. So, 
That took, it takes, it takes um, more inner introspective uh, work, but yeah, you're going to like, that's what they say. Oh, you're going to like, you married, yo, you married your father. Oh, you married mm-hmm. your, you know, your mother or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you are destined to repeat it if you don't heal it. So unless 100%. you want to marry your dad, it'll <laughs> fix it. Yeah, it's so true. And, and that's, that's a great example of like, if you, why, why do this work? If you don't do that work to uncover those, those things within yourself, you're going to end up actually leveraging your relationships to try to heal or fix those parts of your heart, to mend those parts of your heart. And you'll end up in codependency. Um, or eventually, you know, that, um, that intention of going into the relationship will come out in the wash because you'll, get into your triggered self and something will blow up and the relationship will, will crumble because you didn't come out of a whole and healthy place. You came into the relationship, a friendship, like you said, a more intimate relationship, like a marriage, you are coming into that place from, um, from lack and from needs unmet. And then you find this equal opposite to fill those voids. And when they don't show up, cause they're imperfect, you become disappointed. You feel abandoned all over again. You have huge pain and you show up reactive to that pain. Um, I'm listening to re-listening to healing the shame that binds you by John Bradshaw. And, and much like you were explaining, like I attracted or was attracted to addicts. He explains that, you know, our childhood pain, we either do one of two things. We go, we swing total polar opposite, which kind of still keeps us in like that victim mindset or mentality. Um, even if it's just subtle and energetically like overgiving or having a very, uh, poor boundaries, upholding of boundaries, or you go completely opposite and you mirror or mimic that behavior, right? So, you know, to take your example, a child of an addict, they either swear it off altogether, right? Or they become the addict. Usually there's, but there's middle ground if you heal. <laughs> and so those are the, the typical, there's always exceptions to the rules, but there's, you know, two um, equal and opposite paths. And then that healing allows for you to have that gray area where you can heal, you can attract healthy relationships. And so there's, um, there's a energetic desire to bond or heal from bond with or heal from your past, your parents, right? There's a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Um, you are, you are doing a, a mirror with coming into a relationship with somebody who's much like mom or dad. And so that's, that's our little kid's way of trying to connect with our, our ideal parent that maybe we, we had, or we didn't have. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, and I, I do. Bodhi agrees. <laughs> and I mean, and I, I do like how you put into the relationship about relationship with your body. It's so important, especially through the, the healing journeys that we are all doing um, physically and um, I like you were saying like leveling up, but we are healing and coming through that healing process. I think we should definitely touch on when you come out the other end of some, uh, some healing, we're always healing. It's never yeah. done. So it's like tunnel after tunnel after tunnel. But once you come out of a tunnel, I have heard from many of our clients, um, that they just can't be with the same people anymore yeah and I and it's such it's there is a mourning process that has to happen there and it's it's hard for them because 
it's a mourning a process of who they were, mm -hmm. um, that that is gone now, but yeah. also what their expectations were for the, the relationships. And it doesn't yeah. have to be marriage. It's sometimes just friends. Absolutely. And, and like, like you just said, the relationship with the self too. And so many, we've been talking about this on Instagram a lot, but so many yeah. of us don't even realize that we're attached in some way to a, an unideal version of ourselves, but the familiar is safe to your nervous system. You just sent me a fantastic explanation of this, but, mm. um, you know, it's, it's what's safe and familiar, your old relationships, the old version of yourself, all of that. It's, it's the, we all love like nostalgia, right? Like we, we love that movie that we always watched when we were kids. And so it's familiar, it's safe. And your nervous system will always prioritize safety unless we use sort of our, our higher selves, that logic driven um, leap of faith to forge forward into a new version of ourselves. And, um, you know, I, my example of that even was when I was healing from all of the things, Lyme, molds, autoimmunity, parasites, you name it. I actually, the last day that I was at, um, the treatment center that I went to, I was so emotional. So, um, I felt sad. I was so relieved, but I felt so sad. It's like when your nervous system gets into safety, finally, you see light at the end of the tunnel and it's this different version. I was like, Whoa, who am I without this like mm. quest to get better? Um, it was going on for so long or like, am I lovable without my illness? I, and that was a lot of a huge invitation. That was like, whoo. And I, I had gone on like an, a, a bit of an emotional healing journey at that point. And I knew that was a huge, like there is an elephant in the room when that came up, <laughs> <laughs> like what yeah. is going on here? And well, just being um, able to recognize it. That's yeah. huge. Right. Right. It's like, well, that's just not nothing. That's trying to tell you something. It's like ignoring bloating or headaches, right? It's like, that's not normal. It's trying to tell you something. And so for me, I found that my, my nervous system, my, and my soul was trying to tell me it was, it was asking the question, like, am I lovable without this illness and growing up? Um, so that took me on a discovery journey. Of course, growing up, I watched my mom become the caretaker for both of my grandparents. And so between those informative egocentric years of zero and seven, um, I was watching my mom, um, you know, care for my grandmother on a feeding tube or give her a sponge bath. And so my belief system became the sick one gets mom's attention. And I found that that was a little kid part of me holding on to, well, if I'm, if I'm sick, then I'm going to get mom's love. I'm going to get mom's attention. And while that wasn't a conscious belief that I was aware of as I was going throughout this journey and by no means did that create or manifest my physical illness, but it was a part of perpetuating it and keeping me from feeling really, um, empowered to step into that new version of myself. When I got to the core of that, I was like, oh, that's why now I can actually reparent my little kid self and say like, I absolutely love you without all of that. Like I, I'm, I love you no matter what there's unconditional love here. There's purpose. Look at all of these things you get to do now. And I'm very grateful to have the type of relationship with my, my mom that I actually could share that with her, that that was a belief system that was not her fault, yeah. was not was my your, fault. Yeah, it was your perception. It was my perception. And so I got not to share that her. with her. Right. Um, and it was really healing, but that's, you know, that's an example of maybe there's a version of yourself that's your, you have to grieve, like you said, but then maybe there's 
other people. Like there's that really cliche, but very true saying of you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, and I know like, even for you, you're, you're going through a transition of like being in a new area and having to find, find your people again Mm -hmm. and find your, find your tribe down in a new area. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, keeping connections and, you know, since I, I moved, I did a physical move, you know, and I find that sometimes that's easier, you know, when you clean house, it's like, you know, the ones that want to stick around will make the effort and I will make the effort back. And then the ones that fall away, fall away. Mm -hmm. Um, It happens. And it's part of, it's part of life. It's like, you know, some of these people will not take the same path that I'm taking. These same people will not accept the path that I am taking. And that's fine. Um, But yeah, it's, it is interesting to be an adult and figure out how to make friends again. It is uh, (laughs) when you are a child, you are put into situations and you make friends because you're in high school with them, or you make friends because you do do extracurricular with them. Mm -hmm. But like as an adult, you have to seek and find, and you have to trust your instincts and, um, know where to, um, put your, your faith in someone and not, Mm -hmm. um, because, there, there are a lot of people with a lot of personalities doing a lot of healing and it's okay not to be connected to the same people you were connected to before some of the healing. And, um, and it's not like you have to do a whole big breakup with like, you know, we're no longer friends anymore. (laughs) I mean, you don't have to do that. It's, it really, uh, life has a funny way of just things will start to fall away. Yeah. And unless you're holding with white knuckles, gripping it, it, it'll be fine. It'll fall yeah. away. You have to yeah. let it. That's a, that's so good. And it's, it's all like a shifting of boundaries. There's an exercise that I love and have some, some clients do. This is what I'll bring into a session. If they're going through that type mm. of a, oh, I feel like I don't align with these people anymore. Um, you can do the fancy version if you're an artist and you can draw uh, a beautiful house with a yard and a fence and a street. If you're an artist, I am not a, um, a drawer. <laughs> um, so I make a few circles. So I'll, uh, inner circle, medium circle, outer circle, you put yourself on the, in, in the middle of the smallest circle. And then you make a list of all of the the main people in your life. You know, it's like immediate family, some of the friends maybe you've adopted as family. And you do this with two papers. So you draw that little like circle matrix on two separate papers. And then the first one is you take all of those people. You've got to be really honest with yourself. (laughs) Where are they in the circles right now? The inner is obviously the closest to you. And then as you expand is, you know, maybe farther away in um, intimacy. This is not like proximity, but their closeness to you in, in the relationship. So that's the first one. You take a look at this and you are like, okay, this is where I'm at right now. Um, is this the best version of boundaries for everybody? Cause truly it's not just, it, it's not about you with boundaries. It's about everybody. It's, it's not selfish. It's actually calling the other person into, um, you know, a, a healing journey for themselves if you do it with love. And so that second paper is where should everybody be? And you put them where they should be names. If you want to draw stick figures again, if you're an artist, great. <laughs> <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> <Artists. awesome. laughs> 
but you compare the two and some of this is like, maybe not, it, and I shouldn't have used the word should be, but where you would like them to be. Um, you know, where's, where's the ideal. And maybe there's relationships that you need to nurture and water a little bit more like that plant. And then maybe there's relationships where you're like, Ooh, I grew up, like you said, really close to this person, or maybe it's even an immediate family member. You're like, Oh man, I was so enmeshed and codependent and close. Why don't I feel like that's serving me anymore? Do I need to put mom or sister or brother, like a couple steps outside of the fence, right? Like where is, where's the healthiest place for us to coexist and oftentimes that boundary actually gives you a healthier relationship, whether it's drawing the person a little closer or creating more space. And that's an exercise that I have personally really loved for myself and to, to work with clients on that is a nice visual. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think as an adult, we are all adults here, you know, we don't need mommy and daddy. Yeah. And especially people that were brought up in an abusive household. Yeah. Um, like, like we go back to, is this, is this individual going to do any changing? I can't, I can't promise you that, but if you are doing the changing, you don't need your mother, you don't need your father as an adult. Mm -hmm. And if they are abusive and if they continuously abuse you or cross those boundaries, then you may have to take them and put yeah. them in an outer circle. Mm-hmm. And then again, they're going to have to do some, some um, processing and mourning of that, mm-hmm. but it's, it doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. That's so good. I think there's, there can be a lot of, especially within the family, a lot of um, accidental and sometimes intentional, sometimes not accidental, <laughs> but you know, guilt tripping, manipulation, gaslighting, all of those fun things. And this is why it's really beneficial to either work with somebody going, you know, going through that journey, healer or therapist, or having like a really, if you do have like a core up-leveled group of friends that you can lean into on that, but it it's, it's your little kid's desire to be close with mom and dad. So that little, that little kid part of you is going to keep trying to rope you into the closeness. But if you are dysfunctional, we're not saying don't be close with your family, right? If if this is dysfunctional and you need some space, just understanding that that little kid part of you is going to keep coming back to the familiar, the nostalgia, the family they wish they would have had and want to recreate. Um, And so coming to, into acceptance of that, um, process of letting go and and grieving and stepping into, um, you know, creating a new version of family or safety or friends, whether it's with, you know, your close group of peers, redefining what that looks like or with your own family. Yeah. And a lot of it does have to come down to knowing yourself and being able to stand in your, your personal truth mm-hmm. and having the self-esteem and, or the wherewithal to understand it's like is that my little kid talking right now or is that really how I feel and to know yourself I mean that's what a lot of this healing journey is it's like okay we're getting to know our bodies we're like oh my god I didn't know I had fungus or whatever and it's like you start to get to know like what's inside of you physically Mm -hmm. but it also that is a what happens with us in our body also is a very good mirror of what is happening with us emotionally and it mirrors emotional, spiritual awakenings as well. So especially mm-hmm. like in the Pilates uh, world that I've worked in, I it's like you get kind of this weird like x-ray vision. It's like, 
when you see a, something in the body, you can really see how it's identified in their personality. Right. So it's like, you know, women who like are really strong with their um, businesses and they're like, I've got to go <laughs> through life like this. Well, their back is tight yeah. and their chest is tight. Everything is really tight because they haven't opened their heart. They have their walls up and you see it physically, but then you also see it mentally. And once you start breaking it down in the body, it also starts to break it down emotionally yeah. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So you don't even know which one is working on what, but when you start to soften your heart emotionally, it will start, start to soften your heart physically. Yeah. Not like, not so much like <laughs> the heart of the muscle is not going to work, but I'm talking more <laughs> about in the body yeah. and where it rests in the body. And so as we're going through like a lot of the, your clients going through a healing journey, in healing like their heart or their lungs or their kidneys, getting to know what's what's really happening in their body. Yeah. Sometimes that also gets them to really think about what's happening emotionally in my body and can I soften it? And is this really who I am? Um, how, how do I want to improve myself and stand in um, my true, true worth? Yeah, that's so good. And and that's a lot of times where when when we're trying to explain to prospective clients or even our clients that have recently onboarded why we're different, it's a lot of people have quote unquote tried everything, right? I was definitely one of those people too. I've tried everything. What are you gonna do for me that's different than somebody else? Right. And that's that's our protectors. But a lot of functional medicine right now is leaving the emotional layer covered up. It's not addressing it. They're giving you diet, they're giving you supplements. And then they're saying, Oh, that didn't work. I don't know what to do with you. Or we have to run this other test. And so if you're unwilling to look at the emotional piece that's coming up, because we're so entangled mind, mind, body, spirit, like look at the polyvagal theory. If you're a sciencey person and you want to look at how your emotions are integrated into your <laughs> physical, um, you know, go take a look at that. But it's when we are stirring up detox, right? Toxins to flush away. You're going to have emotions come up. It is inevitable. You will have unexpected emotional surges come up and you'll be like, wow, what's going on? I feel like my whole world is being turned upside down. Well, yeah, because some of your toxic, toxic load is also carrying some cell memory of, you know, your emotional states or, um, each individual toxin and pathogen has its own somatic mirror for, for it. And, I can even use my own example of this. Um, you know, I mean, we have the we have the classic examples of like lime. Lime likes to burrow away or mold and fungus. Something is rotting or taking over, overtaking you. Parasites, something's eating away at you. And um, I had to take a good hard look at my own um, relationship with self when um, like, and and this is this is honestly pretty pretty recent of, of seeing, okay, I'm having a hard time getting over the hump of mold symptoms, especially like living in a, in, in the Charleston area. Um, and so it was a, it was a mirror to me of going, what part of my relationship with myself is rotting or what's overtaking me in life? Because I had put together, you know, this, these symptoms that get triggered are like the longest standing through way, through my entire health journey, through my life. And I was going, okay, what's, 
what's mediating that, right? You have an antecedent, a mediator, and a trigger. Like, I know that mold is the frequency that's triggering this, but what belief system underneath, what relational pattern with myself is sustaining my susceptibility to be triggered by mold? And so I found that piece of myself that was quote unquote rotting <laughs> or overtaking me, the belief system that was overtaking me. And when I addressed that, what was it? What was it? It was actually my, so it was my relationship <laughs> with, what was it? It's my relationship with my, with my body and with my nutrition of still like holding on to these micro patterns. If, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but struggling with eating disorders at the very beginning of this whole cascade, like the eating disorder was the stress that put my body in a place of awesome. being susceptibly, you know, chronically ill for years. And so when I looked back on what started this all, that's what made me realize, oh, even though I don't have those patterns anymore, is my relationship with myself as it relates to, you know, nutrition and movement, like, are these things I'm doing because I should be doing them? Or are they because I love myself? <laughs> and I had to start, it was a very subtle shift of intention um, mm. behind it. It wasn't anything like huge. It's not like I radically changed what I was doing with movement or nutrition or anything like that. It was just an intention shift of like, when I sit down to eat or when I move my body, am I doing it because I, I should be doing this. And it feels like this like dark cloud over my head, or is it because I want to empower myself to feel good? And, um, you know, this is life giving rather than taking some of my energy. And as soon as that shift happened, I was presented with the opportunity to, um, exit quote unquote moldy <laughs> environments. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been cool because I have seen, um, I've, I've seen that shift and then the piece going back to, it takes work. I had to walk out what it was going to look like to heal that part of myself, both internally. And then in the external environment, hmm. um, finding mold in carpets and leaving apartments and all of these things several times over the past few years. And when the same thing keeps happening over and over again, whether it's in your health, your relationships, your job, your money, your anything, you have to at some point stop and go, why does this keep happening? Why am I attracting the same exact scenario? You're not a victim to it. I was not a victim to, oh, I keep moving into moldy places. I had to use that as a mirror and go, why am I attracting this? Or why don't I, why don't I feel that I can step into um, a really beautiful, healthy environment. And that question for myself put me into power rather than saying, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm always going to be overtaken by this. And so that's my own personal example of like pathogen and emotional stress intersection, yeah. intersecting. Um, but everybody has their own example of that. Well, and that's, I mean, you put it perfectly with the, the pattern, but and it's a pattern of, of lessons and that, and what we attract. And that's happens a lot in relationships. Yeah. You, you know, she just has a bad picker or, you know, he's, you know, constantly dating the wrong type of girl or always getting their heart broken or whatever. And it is, it's, it can go victim. It can go very victim mm -hmm. um, to where it's like, why does this keep happening to me? Um, but it is, it is something that is there to, to teach you. And it could be bashing you upside the head until yeah. you wake up and figure it out. Yeah. Um, but you, you do, you do have to break it, um, internally. You mm -hmm. have to do it. You have to do the work to break that. And you have to kind of rewind and really get back to figuring out, okay, what could like the gain from this? What am I getting from this? Why, yes. why do I keep 
um, dating the same people? Why, why do I keep doing this? And really take it back and look at like, there's got to be some sort of unconscious mm -hmm. lesson or benefit that you're striving for. Um, yeah. And as soon as you break it, then you will have the freedom to, to attract other, yeah. uh, other higher frequencies. Mm. I love that. Yeah. As soon as you break it. And yeah. that, that comes with, that comes with a layer of yuck, even the breaking it, it's exciting, but then yeah. it's going to circle back around to the letting go. Yeah. And when you're doing it, you're not a hundred percent sure it's the right thing. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the kicker. That's the, that's the, that's the hard part of it is while you are doing this healing, you're not getting like rainbows and puppy dogs right. telling you you're on the right track. It's not until you're out of there yeah. that you can look back and be like, holy crap. Yeah. Look at what I, look at what I did. 100%. I really through it. Yeah. And so you, that's where it's standing in your truth having faith in yourself, knowing that, you know, and that it may come to having a higher power for you yeah. um, and getting connected with something greater than yourself mm -hmm. to have faith in. And um, that will lead you in a path of, of um, helping it be, helping it have ease and grace. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm going to, I'm going to play, I'm going to play the flip side of that coin for a minute, because if, so I grew up in a very conservative Christian household. My faith's always been very instrumental and important to me. If you have also grown up in that, it's, I think that we're indoctrinated rightfully so that, you know, it's like God is our highest power. But if you believe that, be careful that that doesn't leave you feeling helpless because I found for myself that I had to reestablish what my faith looked like. It, it's like a co-collaboration with God. It's I, my, one of my favorite sayings is um, God feeds the birds, but he doesn't put the worms in the nest. And so yeah. if you're waiting for this like magical, miraculous moment to come in and you're just like sitting there praying and doing nothing, doing nothing to change your, your circumstances. It's an invitation to walk. Like this is your life's path. I, I was just, um, again, on that healing machine that binds you. It's, uh, I think it was a quote by Eric Erickson. It was, we are not earthly beings with a spiritual path. We are spiritual beings. Um, I'm going to totally botch it, but on the <laughs> earth to <laughs> on an earthly journey to become the most spiritual version of ourselves. So it's ah. like, we need the pain and the suffering of the earth to walk out our spiritual calling. And if we are not doing that, we're kind of missing the point. If you are a person of some sort of faith or spirituality, um, we're missing the point if we're not looking at those things. Um, and that goes back to, we're always on a continual journey. We're on a journey of healing. It's not an end destination until the end of our lives here on earth. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a call to action in, in faith, but also in your, your own action, um, in your life, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. I, I like to use it. This is a very corny example, but, and I'm not a big Disney fan, but it is like in the mm. Disney movie, Moana, she is trying to call upon the ocean yeah. for help. Like she's trapped out in the water. She needs to get over there. She needs some waves. She's mm. like, come on, give me the waves. They're not doing anything. She's like, screw it she jumps out as soon as she jumps out of the boat 
and just starts swimming towards shore, she begins to get the help and support from, you know, the ocean, ocean yeah. Disney yeah. wants. But <laughs> I, I love that. And it comes into my head a lot because, um, like, I, you know, working with people that are close to me, I cannot, and this is, it goes to the change. It's like, I can't help them unless they take the first step. Yeah. Either they have to ask for help or they have to start to make a change. But yeah. that's what we all have to do. We have to jump out of the freaking boat and start swimming. And then we will get that support. We, it will come to us. It will be, it will be, you know, rainbows and unicorns and puppy dogs because we are making the effort. Yeah. But it does, it takes time and it does take a conscious um, awareness. You have to be aware because where we put our focus is what what we're going to see. So when we're down and we're in it and we're feeling like crap and we are just why, why, why victim, we're going to see it. And we're going to see all the things that are going to keep us in victim mode. We're going to pick out the people to be friends with, to have relationships with, because I am a victim. Right. Once we start seeing that, oh my goodness, there is hope. Look at what I've accomplished already. I have this um, going for me. I'm I'm swimming towards that shore. Well, you're going to see all the opportunities out there to swim towards that shore and make yourself a stronger, um, higher vibration. Mm, I love that. It's just take the next right step. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you just gotta little step. Yeah. One step at a time. And if you're unclear on what that next step is, talk to somebody, you know, it's like explore your options. There's so many, there's, there's no one way to do something to accomplish a goal. And so, you know, have conversations, explore. It's okay if you don't get it right on the first try. Um, but you know, if that it has to do with your relationships if it has to do with your health, um, we'd love to chat with you. We have free connection calls that, um, you can hop on with us for 20 minutes and just see if we're the right fit. And we are really big about relationship building with our clients and community. And so we'd love to chat with you if we can help facilitate, um, whether it's physical and or emotional healing, they all come in tandem, but mm-hmm. we yeah. also do, <laughs> we Hi. do offer just the, um, emotional, uh, modalities as a single service. If you are somebody who's like, Ooh, this, this is the next right step. Maybe I'm not ready for the whole gamut, the whole DNA testing, the detox, all of the things, but I do want to explore this option for myself, or I've, I've done all the physical and I've not done the emotional. Um, you know, we would be happy to chat with you about doing some, um, I call them spy sessions, somatic parts integration work. Um, it's a really great way to start that inner child healing and yeah, take that next step yeah, for yourself. Your toe, dip your toe in the water a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, Maureen, this was great. Yeah. This was wonderful. So Thank you. Um, yeah. you know, and then we'll do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> soon. I'll promise we'll be back and more consistent. <laughs> Good. Um, it's my own emotional and, uh, relational shedding of, of stuff in between these podcasts, uh, the last one I did in this one. So it's good. It's good. This is a great one to jump back in a great topic to jump back in on. And, um, anyways, you guys, if you want to connect with us, uh, information will be in the links below. You can connect with us on Instagram. You can visit our website. Um, and we would be Ooh, so Krista, put the put the exercise with the circles in there. Ooh, I will. Good idea. Okay. I'm going to put the exercise with the circle in the show notes. I don't know what the name of it is. <laughs> 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't have a name for it either. Yeah, make a name. I'll make a name for the exercise with the circles. And <laughs> we'd be so appreciative if you guys would write us a review and give us a rating, preferably, you know, five stars, but that's <laughs> up to you. Um, we won't, no pressure. Um, and share it with somebody you think it might benefit and serve. Share it on Instagram, tag us. We'd love to hear what you thought of it. And until next time, um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you.